All right. Everybody doing good? Yes. Really good to be back with you. One of my favorite places to be. Really is. Really is. Good to see you. Fun seeing new faces. Got a feeling we're seeing a lot more. All right. I want to pass some things along to you tonight, kind of from my journey. Uh, talk to you a little bit out of my own pain. The title of this talk, now, don't get upset. It's not going to get you all fired up when you hear the title. But by the time we leave, you'll be fired up. Yes. Is graduating the school of obedience. Come on. Okay, Hebrews, Hebrews 5, verse 8 and verse 9. I'm going to sit on those two verses tonight. and I'm, In fact, I'm just going to walk you through word by word with it. It says, although he was a son, speaking of Jesus, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him a source of eternal salvation. Let me read it again. Hebrews 5, 8, and 9. Although he was a son, how many of you are sons and daughters? He learned obedience from the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation. Now, before I begin to just take that, we're just going to walk through it. Verse by uh, uh, word by word, phrase by phrase. I want to share something with you that summarizes these two verses. The school of obedience is unique in that it only has one subject on its curriculum. Every believer serious about being a follower of Christ must enter this school. It's not a nice place. It has no comfort within its walls. Comfort can only be found in the knowledge that graduation day will come but only if you stay the course. Much of the studies will be done alone. Distractions are not removed, they seem to be multiplied. The wounds of a lifetime seem to be deliberately poked by the finger of injustice, probed by insensitive hands that insist on touching everything that you wish would be left untouched. Then there are times that you suddenly become aware of a tender embrace. In the sensitive hands of a compassionate Christ, bathing your wounds and encouraging you to finish the course. You don't graduate this school by passing a test, but by adopting a lifestyle. By embracing a process. By allowing every pain to produce purpose and to drive you to that special place that is only known by those who, gradu- who have graduated the school of obedience. Who know what it means to say, not what I want, Lord, but Your will be done. Into Your hands I commend my spirit. Those are words from Brennan Manning. Uh, 
Catholic evangelical, tremendous insights on the subject, especially the subject of suffering. Okay, let's talk about the Scripture. Context. The life of Jesus. When I say suffering, what do you think about? Go ahead. I, you can talk. I heard you talk. <laughs> Uncomfortable. Most of us think suffering is about hurting the body or our bank account. <laughs> when actually the things that make us suffer are more internal than external. Because there's many times solutions to the external forms of suffering. But it's the internal forms that actually eat away at us and destroy us. Okay, so let's talk about this in the context of Christ. Again, although he was a son, Hebrews 5.8, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. Now, are your brains turned on? And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him an eternal source of salvation. Okay. The scripture makes it clear that in order for him, Christ, to become the eternal source of salvation, there was something he needed to learn. Am I reading anything into it? Do you hear the same thing when you read it? Come on, guys, turn on your brains. Now, need to learn indicates a lack. Some of you aren't thinking. Some of you are scared of where I might take this. <laughs> it's a staggering thought when you realize that this Scripture is talking about Christ. So we are being posed with a dilemma that appears to be an incompleteness or a lack in Christ. There's something lacking in the life of Jesus. I'm going to show you my hand a little bit here. Not in the context of His deity but in the context of His human development. So this is not about whether or not Jesus qualified as the Son of God, but it does indicate that as a Son of Man, there was an incompleteness in His life that had to be completed through a certain process. Are, are you all okay? I mean, you're looking at me like the cow... St- I'm a Texan, so we know cattle. Cow staring at a new gate, you know. <laughs> You ain't gonna make me go. <laughs> if it was true in the life of Jesus, do you think it might be fair to say it may be true in this incompleteness in our lives? That we in like fashion have to come to completeness through a certain process in our lives? Okay, let me take it a step further. Note that obedience is not a gift of the Spirit. It's not imparted through the laying on the hands. It's something learned through a process of life. And if he had to learn obedience, does that infer that he had been disobedient? No. The Bible says Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. It also says in the book of John, Jesus said, I can only do what I see the Father doing, speak what I hear the Father saying. Therefore, He committed no acts of disobedience. Are you listening? If we define obedience, as most of us do, as the opposite of disobedience. So so let me ask another question. 
Do you think our brains get scrambled on this verse because of how we interpret the word obedience? Think I might not I might possibly need to look for a different definition of obedience? What's obedience to you? Come on. Talk to me. Thank you. He read my notes. Most of us interpret obedience as doing what we are told. The truth is, throughout his whole life, Jesus did what he was told. But it still says in Hebrews 5 8, he had to learn obedience. Are you tracking with me? Therefore, obedience is more than simply doing what you're told. That's good, Bob. That's really good. So let me give you a bit of a different definition of the concept of obedience. Here we go. Obedience is the willingness to embrace a process and the means of, that has the means of producing a conclusion which cannot be arrived at any other way. Because the process is completed not by what you do, but by who you become. It's all about being, not doing. That's good, Bob. (laughs) The willingness to embrace a process that has the ability to produce a conclusion that you ain't going to get any other way. Because the process is not actually completed by what you do. I've done what I've been told. But by who you become. In other words, my obedience is to submit myself to the process. I want you to say that out loud. My obedience is to submit myself to the process. Uh huh. The process of what God is doing through the things happening to me. It's math. You might know. <laughs> How many of you like pain? <laughs> there are things that come into our lives that produce pain. And we may not like the pain. Producing issues and situations. There are things happening in our lives. But we do need to embrace the process. Things happening in your life right now. And you may not like the pain. You may not like the situation or the circumstances. You may not like the individuals that are involved. But you need to embrace the process. So obedience is more than just doing what you're told. It's about embracing a process that has a means to produce a conclusion. For example, I I may not like going to the gym. don't like the machines, the exercise. They make me sore and tired. (laughs) But if I embrace the pain, if I embrace the process even though I don't like the gym or the machines, if I embrace the process of getting in shape, that it'll produce a great result of life and health. So what was the key ingredient in the process that Jesus had to endure to bring Jesus to perfection, to completion? Although He was a son, He learned obedience through the things that He... Come on. 
I didn't write this. Y'all know that, right? (laughs) Things that he suffered. Suffered. He learned obedience from the things that he suffered. So that was the key ingredient. By the way, the word perfect in the Greek is, is the same. It means literally to complete, to be lacking in nothing. Okay, perfect doesn't mean you're without sin. It means you're lacking in nothing. And that key ingredient is, is suffering. Probably nobody in this room wanted to hear that. I would, I would prefer a much easier course of life that could bring us to the same completion, wouldn't you? But unfortunately, there is a necessity in us to embrace some of the issues of life in order that we may become complete. See, there's things in your life right now that you're going through that if you look at the circumstances and the cause and the effect, if you look at who's, why it's there, at least from your estimation, you may not like it. You may think it's unfair. But if you'll endure, it'll complete a process in you that where something you're lacking now, you won't lack later. But we have to learn to embrace the process. Can you say that out loud? Embrace the process. Tell your neighbor, embrace the process. Doesn't mean you're embracing the things that are happening. It's about embracing a process within the situation, within the circumstances, and within the relationships. So every one of you is going through something right now. There is a process happening in your situation and in your circumstances. And the challenge is not to embrace the situation, the circumstances, or even the relationships. As much as it is to embrace the process within those circumstances, situations, and relationships. And unless you embrace that process, unless you make that choice, you'll do everything you can to scramble out of the place you're in. Get out of your circumstances. In so doing, you will prematurely bring to an end what Christ is trying to do in your life. Which means, you flunk out of the school of obedience. You know, but what I like about that school, we, I don't think we have it in ours, but what I like about the school of obedience, it has automatic re-enrollment. Some of you are on cohort 192. (laughs) Automatic re-registration. You keep repeating the same grade. The same lesson. The same difficulties in your relationships. You're fighting the same financial problems. Because you're prematurely trying to get out of things God is doing in your life. So you never graduate. Okay, another verse. Hebrews 2.10 For it was fitting that's the word appropriate for it was appropriate for him Jesus for whom are all things and through whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory he's going to use the same word to perfect complete the author of their salvation through sufferings now I'll remind you again I didn't write this (laughs) so why through sufferings Because it seems to be that the only way we can learn the kind of obedience God wants us in our life is through the challenges of suffering. 
It's only in those challenges of suffering that we really get down to the grips with the truth of our lives, isn't it? We have to make decisions that are not based on circumstances and good feelings, but are frequently against the circumstances and feelings. Which, by the way, is the only way that we prove the validity of our faith. I was sharing this with a fellow preacher who just, he's my age, just discovered his wife had been having an affair for five years. And he said to me this, he said, Bob, I thought I knew something about forgiveness until this situation. Now I found that I don't know anything about forgiveness. Until you find yourself in a situation so difficult that you cannot even find it in yourself to forgive, you know nothing, or at best, very little about forgiving. That's what he was saying to me. But it is true that through those sufferings, we learn realities about the kingdom of God. Or in this case, forgiveness or obedience. What's the obedience? Obedience isn't doing what we're told. It's embracing the process. What process? Well, for him, it was embracing forgiveness until it entered his soul. The process. By the way, we're 15 years after that happened. He and his wife are doing wonderful, church doing wonderful, etc. He embraced the process. I've always been fascinated by the Garden of Gethsemane. If there was ever a time in the life of Jesus to be tempted, to be offended, to enter into judgments, to reject, is the Garden of Gethsemane. He had poured his life into those disciples. And now he has to face the greatest challenge and struggle. And in the midst of that struggle to learn obedience. To embrace the process. You embrace that process until you finally come to the point where you can say, not my will, but thy will be done. Come on. Not thy will, but thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. So we've seen that the key ingredient that has the power to bring completion to suffer, uh, what was through suffering. I want you to hear another verse, Philippians 3.10. The Apostle Paul writing to the Philippian church. Listen to what he says. That I may know Him in the power of His resurrection. How many think that's cool? Yeah. Like to do that? Yeah. Know Him. Yeah. Fantastic. But if we stop there, we have an incomplete gospel which produces incomplete people. Sadly, this shows up in our attempts to deal with the issues in life. And we encounter challenges of suffering. So many people fall apart and are unable to move forward. They're incomplete. And the truth is, this is the prevalent, evangelical, especially charismatic world. Incomplete. Why do we fall apart when we're suffering? Because we have this inability to embrace anything that creates discomfort. Anything that creates pain. We have this inability to grab hold of it. 
and to say this is part of the journey, this is part of the pilgrimage, this is the path. We don't throw it away, we hold on to it through which I learn obedience. Embrace the journey, the process, the will of God. This is the part that actually changes you to where you become a source to others. This is the part that makes the difference. It's whether you hold on to that or not. Any of you gone through some suffering? Where does it come from? Lack of faith? Demonic attack? Result of my disobedience? Failure? Sin? Let me say a couple of introductions to you just on this one little piece of topic. I I want to define the suffering for you. And I'm going to tell you what it's not. Okay? When I speak of suffering, I'm not speaking of things coming from the devil. The devil may get involved. (laughs) But rebuking demons, the fasting and praying, getting all, may actually not assist me in becoming complete, but may compound the problem because I have my eyes on the wrong issues. Instead of turning my eyes on myself, learn obedience from what God is doing for the greater end. Otherwise, I turn and begin to fight outward rather than being aware of what's going on inward. Did you all get that? If it wasn't for that person, if it wasn't for those, my job or that boss or those kids or my business, we all fight over all kinds of stuff instead of realizing that what's going on in our lives is beginning to step up because God's putting us into the school of obedience. And all of a sudden we begin to encounter the curriculum. <laughs> what's the curriculum? There's only one curriculum in the school of obedience. That's right. Suffering. The subject is suffering. I want that to get into your heart. I want it to get into your head. I want it to get deeply into your spirit. All the time we go through these difficult times, we scream the big question. You know what the big question is? Why is this happening to me? Because God's trying to get you to embrace the process. To be obedient to the process. I wasn't talking to, I'm not talking to you about liking the process. I'm not thinking it's wonderful. Not even feeling good about it. I'm just talking to you about embracing the process. And in that time, God lifts you to a different level. So it's not about what's happening to you as much as it is what is happening in you. Alright? Let me give you one more point then we'll tie this up. Hebrews 12 says, Who for the joy set before Him He endured. It didn't say He enjoyed. He endured the cross. Despising the sin. So we learn this in the school of obedience. In our suffering, it has to bring us to a place of endurance. Did you get that? You're not going to fly through your suffering. We have to endure. Not enjoy, endure. You ever notice in the body of Christ, we, we, we don't do that. We kind of gravitate towards the enjoy. We don't enjoy what's going on. So we go to another church. We don't enjoy what's... (laughs) Jesus prayed an amazing prayer as He hung on the cross. 
the only time that he called God God by that name. Other times he referred to God as Father. So things weren't going too well. He's not feeling too chipper. He's towards the end of his endurance. And he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He learned obedience through suffering. And the results were he became a source of salvation. By the way, that word, sozo, that word means to deliver. Paul is embracing a parallel purpose. Christ took hold of you to become a source of eternal salvation. How do you get there? That basically says God wants to use you to bring other people to Christ, to a a changed life, to that intimate relationship. How do you get there? By graduating the school of obedience and getting through the curriculum of suffering. All right. So so, so what is suffering in your life? You ready? I'm going to give you a definition. You better write it down. It'd be great. Your great next tattoo. Here we go. God will never put anything on you He took off of you at the cross. Let me say that again. God never puts anything on you that He took off of you at the cross and calls that suffering. Did you get that? Okay. God never put anything on you that He took off of you at the cross. So he, he, he didn't put sin on you or transgressions on you and iniquity on you and call it suffering. Alright, Bob, that's good. Isaiah 53 says, His chastisement brings peace. So he, he didn't put stress and anxiety on you and call it suffering. Come on, y'all smile. So where does stress and anxiety come from? It comes from your inability to deal with the situation because I've not understood how to embrace and endure the suffering. Then <laughs> I'm focusing on the problem, not on the process. Got to say it to you again. God does not put anything on you that He took off of you at the cross and call it suffering. Boy, we could sit down and talk a long time. The Bible says, by His wounds you were healed. So God doesn't put sickness on you to teach you suffering. Well, that just eliminated half of your sufferings, didn't it? I mean, we can keep going on that, okay? So the many things that we gravitate to and put the label of suffering on are not really sufferings that are in the curriculum for the school of obedience. The sufferings in this school are the more internal issues of heart, of attitude, our response, our behavior. What comes out of us rather than what's happening to us and against us. So the sufferings and the challenges posed to me by the issues of life, not the issues of life themselves. So the sufferings most frequently don't come from the outside, they come from the inside. They come from the heart. Jesus learned obedience through the things that He suffered. Was that suffering simply physical things that happened to him? Or was it talking about the attitude of his heart when he faced the things that were going to happen to him? I want to say to you, obedience is not a valid expression of commitment while suffering is absent. 
Oh, that one's good too, Bob. That's good. Obedience is not a valid expression of commitment while suffering is absent. I think that God wants to see that our obedience is valid. So He watches how you respond, how you endure when you're suffering. Okay, last thought. Y'all remember the story about the guy we call Doubting Thomas? Jesus walks through the door. That might have been a freaky thing, but you know, for some reason we call him Doubting, doubting Thomas. It's not put on him in the Bible, but we call him that. He really wasn't a doubter. He's probably an engineer. He just needed a few more facts. He needed things a little bit more, you know, right side, left side, right. He just needed some more. Because at the end, we find him falling on his face, crying out, my Lord, my Lord. But here's the interesting part. How do you know when you graduated the school of obedience? When you become like Thomas, or let me say when you become like Jesus, and people can touch the wounds in your hands and in your side. They can touch the areas of pain in which you've suffered. And you can talk about it. You can walk them through it. And you feel no pain. Jesus said to Thomas, come here, touch my wounds. Touch my wounds. And you feel no pain. Are we okay? Now, I want you to understand, I'm a teacher, which means two things. One, I'm word sensitive. Other things means is that many times I will stress certain points to make a point. So I'm not talking to you about spiritual warfare here when I share some of these kind of things. I'm talking to you to give you an understanding of faith and, and suffering. I want you to understand why some of the things happen to us that happen to us and how to walk them through, how to endure the process and get the benefit God wants us to have out of that. The school of obedience is very unique in its subject. only has one curriculum. Every believer that's serious about following Christ is going to have to go to that school. Not a nice place. Not much comfort found within its walls. Comfort can only be found in the knowledge that graduation day will someday come, but only if you stay the course. Much of the study is done alone. Distractions are not removed. They seem to be multiplied. The wounds of a lifetime seem to be deliberately poked by the finger of injustice, probed by insensitive hands that insist on everything, touching everything in your life that you wish would be left untouched. At times, you become aware of a tender embrace, the sensitive hands of a compassionate Christ, bathing your wounds, encouraging you, finish the course. Keep going. Finish the course. You don't graduate by passing a test, but by adopting a lifestyle, by embracing a process, by allowing every pain to produce purpose and to drive you to that special place that is only known by those who have graduated the school of obedience. They understand what it truly means to say, not what I want, God, but Thy will be done into Your hands. I command to myself. Okay?